In him I am a partaker of his divine nature, unified in one spirit. In him I am an overcomer, called to occupy, influence, and transform culture. In him I have power over unclean spirits, to cast them out, to heal sickness and disease. In him I am strong and in good courage. In him I am set over nations and over kingdoms, called to root out and to pull down the strongholds of the enemy. In him I am called to love, build, and to plant. In him I shall overtake and recover all in every place that my foot will tread he has given unto me. In him I am called to arise and shine, to be radiant, for kings will come to the brightness of my rising, and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to me. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Father, we bless you. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the power of your word. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you would not allow one word to come forth out of these lips that is not of you. And Father, we will continue, continue, continue to lift up the name of Jesus that you may draw all peoples unto him. Father, we bless you. And we all said, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. I was asking the Lord, God, what, what direction do you want me to take this? Because, of course, um, aside from May 7th being the National Day of Prayer, uh, our president uh, saw fit to, to make today National Day of Prayer. We're going to agree with that and stand with that. Um, as a part of that, I don't want to jump right into declare and decree. I believe that we need to take some time and, for lack of better words, clear the air, so to speak. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> I'm not going to take this for granted. I'm not going to take it for granted that everybody is in right standing with God. I'm not going to take it for granted that everyone uh, is in the right place where they need to be with the Lord. And so we're going to begin with clearing the atmosphere uh, around everyone, so to speak. Let me explain. Matthew 5.25 says, Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. Is what that means, and it was pertaining to Christians, of course, is what that means uh, that if there is sin in your life, okay, if there are things in your life that the enemy has great reason to accuse you, the word of God says to stand uh, with your adversary, agree, that means allow it to be uh, confessed, and then get on with it, okay? Um, because if not, then the enemy will continually be the accuser of the brethren. Another part of this portion is Proverbs 15.8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. And it's what that means when it's talking about the wicked, and we can easily think and say, well, that's the world. No, he was talking to Israel, okay? And so a portion of that is to understand that if we are, are morally bankrupt or if we have not been walking in the ways that God has called us to walk, then we need to get before him first and foremost. Proverbs 15:29 The Lord is far from the wicked but he hears the prayers 
of the righteous. Church, listen to me. In fact, let me say this one more scripture. James uh, chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. So here's the thing. There are other scriptures in the word of God where it talks about the man and if the man is mistreating his wife that his prayers are not heard okay and so is what we're going to do here for the first part of the service is that we're going to clear the air meaning that if there are things that are before us if there is uh, things that are before us put it like this I want God to hear your prayers okay it's not good for a people to declare and decree if we're not uh, uh, morally in, in right moral standing before God, okay? That if we're living in sin and doing these kinds of things that we ought not to do, it's going to be very difficult for your prayers to be received uh, the way that they need to be. Does that make sense? Okay. So another part of this is that we must come to him in humility, James chapter 4, verse 6 says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Specifically, in a time like this, if we're going to ask, petition God for things and for people, and that if we're going to uh, declare and decree the word of God, then this means that we must first always, always come before him. And if there is anything anything, anything before uh, ourselves and God, we need to deal with it immediately, first and foremost, okay? Because I want to be heard by my God. Does that make sense? Okay. Let's continue to go forward for just a moment. Next portion of that that follows humil humility is that we begin to ask for mercy. Psalms 51, verses 1 and 2 says... Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Another portion is acknowledgement of sin. Psalms 51 verse 3 says, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Church, it's so important uh, uh, for, for those of you, some of you may not even need the beginning portion of this, but I believe that, that you do need it because you will know somebody that will need it, okay? Um, what God is doing today in the midst of, of this crisis is that he's raising up the church in such a way for the many people that are around us. Amen? I want this house to be effective. I want the prayers of the saints to be effective. I want you to be able to stand boldly before the throne of grace when you ask him for things. <clears throat> Next portion of that would be repentance. Second Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Church, listen to me. Don't, don't sit crying out and looking at the world and saying how wicked the world is. Okay? 
when the Lord is speaking many of these things, he's not speaking to, to the world in general because he knows that they have no hope other than, than what he brings forth through the church. But this he's speaking to the church. <clears throat> if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I just want to give you an understanding of repentance because we do this a lot at Meridian. Um, we have to give people a true understanding of repentance because many times it has been expressed to them that repentance is asking for forgiveness, okay? But from looking at the word and understanding the kingdom, you, you, you begin to see that if people don't truly understand repentance, there's no use in asking for forgiveness, Okay, so if someone is walking in their particular direction of life and they ask for forgiveness, but they continue to never give their life over to Christ, asking forgiveness is, is, is really no need. But when an individual turns to Christ and says, I am giving my life to Christ, now they have, in essence, received the right to ask for forgiveness and receive the sacrifice that was made for them. Make sense? And so we have to understand that aspect of, of repentance <coughs> with not just ourselves, but with the people around us, because somewhere along the lines, church, the harvest is ripe, the harvest is ready. And this is now the time for the church to shine like never before. Mark 1, 115 says, And saying the time is fulfilled... And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? Next portion of that is forgiveness. Forgiving others. Then asking God the Father to forgive you. In Mark chapter 11, verse 25 through 26. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone else, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will, you, will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you you. <clears throat> in church, I, I know that we talk a lot about these things in our foundational courses and, and things of this nature, but this is now something that, that we have to look at once again. Because as the church is continuing to go forward and, and speaking and declaring, your heart needs to be in the right place. With your heart being in the right place, your ears, your, heavy, your, your spiritual ears will, will be open to be able to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, it is why so many people are in, in great fear right now is because um, many of them have not been taught how to hear the voice of God, okay? To him who has a, let him hear what thus says the Lord unto the churches. And so God is going to speak direction. He's going to speak comfort. Of course, an individual can take a look at the scriptures and, and try to receive comfort from that. But when you hear and are able to hear the word of God specifically for yourself, then now you're able to hear a rhema word of God for the circumstance that you are in in your moment. Okay? Does that make sense? 
And so this becomes the time to where we need that living bread for such a time as this. <clears throat> Just want to be able to share these things with you so that you can be in right standing before God the Father. Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Much more than having now been, been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. <clears throat> but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, I'm sharing this with you. Of course, I can't go into all the details in regards to a service in the midst of a service like this. But these are scriptures that you will have to absolutely allow yourself to, uh, to know. And, and trust me, church, not just for yourself. You're going to come across other individuals that are going to have to understand these things because they're going to be so filled with fear that they're going to need some kind of direction. Amen? <clears throat> so, I'm going to read you this last portion, this scripture here, Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Now, now we're going to step into the next portion. I'm going to read you some scripture. Because now you need to know where you stand. And I know many of you know this. If you know it, make sure you take notes because someone else is going to need to know it. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now the Amplified Version says it like this. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Give you one more in the Passion Translation. So now, we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Amen? Last week, uh, we began to talk about positional authority. And now I'm seeing all the more why we need to understand this as the body of Christ, as the church. Because going forward, church, uh, you will genuinely, absolutely have to know where you stand before God. Because there is confidence depending on where you think that you stand or where you sit. We talked about how that when Christ was resurrected, he's no longer 
It's no longer in the grave, church. He sits at the right hand of the throne of God. And because he sits at the right hand of the throne of God, it means that he sits on the right hand of power, authority, so many other things. We talked about that last week. But then it goes on to talk about where you're sitting. <clears throat> and this is going to be absolutely necessary for us to understand as we continue to walk through uh, these times in our nation. In fact, uh, let me go ahead and read uh, chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected and not man. Go to Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, last week I had asked you the question, where are you seated? And we're going to continue from here because I believe that the Lord wanted us to be able to clear the air, understand where we are, where we stand, and then go forward from there because God is about to use you in ways that he has never used you before. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Take a look at that, church, uh, to give you that understanding here just quickly, and I'm just going to move on from here, is that uh, I gave you the picture that, uh, uh, of course, uh, it's easy for us to to be able to pray and to be able to seek the Lord and come before the Lord and always continually look up, and I understand that I, I do that myself, but in reality, you're right next to him. You're sitting right next to the Father. You are sitting in Christ Jesus because Christ sits next to the Father. The Word says that that because of that, because he sits in heavenly places, now you sit in heavenly places, not different heavenly places, the place that he gave you right next to the Father. Does that make sense? Okay. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 7, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Once again, I just want to read verse 6. Let me just read verse 6 to you. And raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I repeated myself there for just a moment. So now, Colossians 3. I'm going to read verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth. For you died, and your life is, I want you to circle that for just a moment. Your life is hidden. You need to, you, you need to circle that. You need, you need to have that. Your life is hidden in Christ Jesus. Now. For such a time as this, for such a time as this, has the church been been trained and brought to this place 
to be able to display the glory of God in miraculous ways. Church, I see many people, um, and it's easy to do, get wrapped up in fear. I've been hearing stories from other people, Calvin and Jose and some other individuals, and and, and they're, they're seeing people that are getting so captivated by fear that it's causing heart attacks, it's causing uh, d- different things in their lives, and it has to do with fear. Now, I don't know about you, church, but when I'm before the Father, I don't like to spin my wheels. I want to make sure that everything between me and the Father is in the right place, that my heart is in the right place, that my ears are attentive to what he's saying. You will see that many people will react fleshly during these times. Many people will act out emotionally because their emotions are all over the place because fear is ruling, okay? And yet God has been ministering to this house in particular talking to us about these uh, things here for the past year, past two years, preparing the house of God for such a time as this. Ephesians. And it says, finally, my brother, it says, be strong. You want to read this with me? How about that? Let's do it together. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against wickedness, powers, and rulers, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You see, tonight for Watch and Pray, we're going to supplicate, declare, and decree. But we have to take care of business first. We have to we have to allow ourselves to make sure that we're in that right place with God so that when you pray, he hears you, and your ears are open to hear what he his response will be, because your ears will need to be open. I'll tell you why. Because for different circumstances requires different words from God. And you will be with your family, you will be in your community, you will be in your city, your state, 
that will need different scriptures at different times. They will need different declarations and different decrees at different times. And you will need to know the difference between all that. And if your ears are closed, if your heart is not in the right place, you're not going to hear right. You're going to react and speak things in flesh, and it's going to be like you're just hitting brass in the ceiling. And so that your heart is clear before the living God. So that when you speak, it's not speaking something out of your own, the abundance of your own soul, but you're speaking something from the living God, which carries weight and begins to shift atmospheres. It begins to shift demonic structures. It begins to shift uh, all these different things. And the peace of God will rule in your heart. Church, that's absolutely necessary. This is why I believe that God wanted us to take this time this morning to be able to review some of those things. And if we need to step into that place of repentance and ask for forgiveness, we absolutely have to do this. I want this church to be effective. I want your voices to be effective. I want your hearts to stand clear before God so that when you speak, it matters. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, Father, for your heart and where you're taking us. Now I'm going to read something over you, over this house. Now, church, this is what I, I wrote last night, and I'm going to send this out on our New Wine Facebook Church, I just want you to understand that this coronavirus thing is not going to be the only thing that you see coming forth in this nation. But you're going to see great, great, great opportunity to be able to receive the harvest. Amen? Here we go. Church, we were created for such a time as this. This is a time like no other, and I would not want to be alive in any other time but this time. Church, you have been destined, trained, and equipped to stand and shine under the darkest of circumstances. You have been established in the earth to showcase the glory of your maker and the love he has for all of humanity. He has given the church to live as his extended hands and feet, power and authority, not only on the mountains of life, but also in its valleys. Jesus Christ has given his church the authorization to declare and decree his words and objectives into the earth and into the heavenly places, and every demonic foe must obey. The remnant church is not one that stares into the sky waiting for the return of Christ, she is not called to sit and wait for his return, standing idle, afraid of deep darkness, anxiously waiting to be pulled out of this hellhole that awaits destruction. No, this is not why Christ died, and no, this is not the kind of bride he is coming back for. I distinctly remember his words saying, do business until I come. That means not only receiving him as the Lamb of God, as our sacrifice for our sins, but moving on from there and then receiving him as the Lion of Judah. 
Church, for those in need of a Savior, He is the Lamb of sacrifice for their sin. But from there on, He is the Lion of Judah. Just as the symbolism of the Lamb is necessary for one's sanctification and righteousness, so is the symbolism of the Lion significant of kingly authority, power, and dominion. Church, if we are seated with Him in heavenly places, we have received much more than salvation, but have also received His authorization to declare and decree His words, walk and display His power, and to rule and reign, having dominion, not only in the heavenlies, but also in the earth. We will always have His nature within us as a lamb, priesthood, and servant. But in this new era that is before us, the remnant church will display his lion side, his authority, power, and dominion until all enemies are under his feet. And this COVID-19 will be no different. It will be the faith and prayers of the saints that will move the hand of God. It will be the declarations and the decrees that rise up from the saints that will shift and cancel demonic strategies. Church, be not discouraged, but stand in this evil day with all boldness, for you have complete access to the kingdom armory. Give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Father, we thank you for your power and your strength. I want to encourage you that if you have stayed at the cross for very long, believe me, God doesn't want you to camp out at the cross. He wants you to move on. He's got other things to do. He's got other things for you. And church, we're needed today more than ever before. This is not a time to be still. This is not a time to, to walk in fear, but it is a time to begin to walk in the glory of God that he has put on the inside of us. This is powerful, church. Time to stand and arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord is upon you. For the glory of the Lord is upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 